With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash all Steelers talkers subscribe anywhere you get your podcast the Pittsburgh Steelers even with a loss on Thursday night football to the New England Patriots somehow find themselves back in the AFC playoff race things look good promising weekend in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers but some concerning headlines we'll dive into them some new quarterback options for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward that some experts believe are headed to the black and gold and one insider says that uh it's not crazy to think Mike Tomlin might be gone after the season. We'll dive into that. Plus, it's Monday. So where do we stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers? We woke up a little bit of snow this morning. Winter is finally here. It's coming quick. It was a good weekend of uh, good football outside of the Pittsburgh Steelers. How you feel, my friend? Feel good. Uh, I feel like this team just refuses to die, man. Like I, I don't know. They're yeah. not even do like even on a weekend when they are generally idle. When they they lose, then they spend a Sunday at, at home and their position somehow improves. Um, so these Steelers are just like they're like cockroaches. They won't die. Um, and <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna ride with them as as long as they stay alive. And they're they're even more alive than they seemed after after that Thursday night loss. Yeah, I think you should go into Tomlin's press conference today and and you should phrase a question like that. You say you guys yeah, just, are pretty much like cockroaches. You just don't die. Does that help? You feel good about that? Uh, <laughs> that situation. But that's where the Pittsburgh Steelers are. Even when things are getting bad, rock bottom, some would say, I mean, they're getting better. And to be totally honest, you watch the Indianapolis Colts fall and the Houston Texans fall and CJ Stroud now in concussion protocol. We don't know what the future holds there. I mean, as crazy as it th- as it seems, a- as you could imagine, it's almost like the Steelers got promising news throughout the weekend and things look brighter than they did. I mean, definitely on Friday morning, but maybe on Thursday morning as well, when people were thinking uh, things could uh, things could be sinking even before the loss to the New England Patriots. Let's start with obviously the biggest news of the weekend. News comes out that both TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are in concussion protocol following the game. On Thursday night, both of them, I mean, Alex Highsmith had the neck injury. He left the game, entered concussion protocol Friday morning. TJ Watt shows up at the facility Friday just to get evaluated, reports his symptoms, placed in concussion protocol. There's some questions there just because he got hit early in the game, took a knee to the face from Ezekiel Elliott, was evaluated twice during the game, never left, and then 
shows up on Friday with the concussion are in a concussion protocol. I mean, big question if they, these two are out somehow the Pittsburgh Steelers outside linebacker room has, has grown enough to, I mean, warrant limited concern compared to years past, but Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig would likely start in place of these guys. How much faith do you have in that, especially at this time of the season? How big of a loss is it for the Pittsburgh Steelers if neither of them can go? And what is your expectation? Do you believe that they'll be back in time to play on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you really don't know. Um, no idea if they'll if they'll be ready for for Sunday. I mean, we'll get some insight from Mike Tomlin today when he speaks around noon, um, and that'll give you some insight. But for right now, it's it's a little bit of a mystery. I, you know, I don't feel great about it. You know, obviously losing yeah. two players like that would be less than ideal. But you know, kind of in a vacuum, I'm not really worried about. Uh, Nick Herbig, that's the I yeah. always flicks <laughs> up the. Um, You'll get Nick, Her- Nick Herbig plays defense. Nate Herbig plays offense. Um, you're like I'm not grandma. About- that's how I compare to it. My grandma yeah. was here this weekend. She kept calling me by brother's name. That's like you're like that with right. Nick and Nate. Exactly. Um, but you know, Nick and Marcus, I think have have been really good in the spots that they have had to come in. I'm pretty confident in their abilities to be at least serviceable. Um, if if Alex and TJ can't go, um. But the thing is, you like you, there's some opportunity cost when players like that go down, and you have to bring in backups. Like these are yep. two of the premier pass rushers in the NFL, um, and, and for a defense whose margin for error feels really slim right now, uh, yes. just given the state of the offense, that's kind of a huge loss in my book. Um, just you don't get the same kind of splash plays with with a Nick Herbig and a Marcus Golden in there. Even if you get some solid play, it's not. It's not exactly what you get with with TJ and Alex, and they give you some game changing plays lots of the time. So losing that is a pretty crushing blow. And and just like I said, you know, given where the offense is, you're going to need those types of splash plays, those big time playmaking things from superstars like like TJ and Alex. And if they're not in there, it, it's a massive loss. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we'll we'll know more today, but I'm not positive that either of them will go. I mean, just judging by. TJ Watt in general and who he is. I mean, you know, it would, there's a, there's a part of me that understands what concussions are. There's also a part of me that understands what concussions are in the NFL, which is different than what a concussion is everywhere else in the entire world. It wouldn't surprise me if TJ's like, yeah, I'm playing on Sunday. Things will be fine. I'll get cleared, blah, blah, blah. You look at the situation though, and, and you're right. Like the Steelers need splash plays. They need turnovers. They need pressure. They need, they need splash in general from their defense. That's the only way that they find wins this season. TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith have generated, I mean, game-winning splash. They've won games for this team in the past. They're going to need to do so again moving forward. I, I mean, I think that just having that understanding, they're going to work as hard as they possibly can to get out of the protocol, and I know that that's out of their control, but, you know, again, the NFL is different. It is a loss, you know, even if Nick Herbig, even if Marcus Golden, like you said, they're quality guys, they're guys that they could be starters in the NFL for a week or two and everybody would be fine and you wouldn't really notice a major drop off just overall. But what the Pittsburgh Steelers need from their defense, you're going to notice that drop off. And that's where things get concerning just because they can't they have to live and die off of defense. And Mike Tomlin said it before, like sometimes just getting a turnover in general is not enough for the Steelers offense, you need advantageous turnovers. You need turnovers that put you in position to score. TJ Watt, especially has been that guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has found ways in crucial moments to put his offense in the best case scenario to score. 
I mean, to not have that, especially against the Indianapolis Colts, I get they're coming off of a loss, which I guess probably helps. And Gardner, Gardner Minshew didn't look great on Sunday, which also helps. But you're going to you're going to need that. Like this is a this is a do or die game. You lose this one. Your chance to make the playoffs are pretty much out the door. You win it. You know, you're still in this thing and 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 you take a a significant gap this late in the season over a team who is fighting right behind you that I mean, this is as big as it gets. You do need both of them out there. And then you have the part after that, which is those are the only two guys you could call up Kyron Johnson for another game. That's his third, but he hasn't played a defensive snap all season long. He's only played two games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a former sixth round pick a year ago. Like this guy isn't somebody who's coming out of the field and you're expecting big, bad things. Like, I mean, that's, that's a significant drop off once he's on the field for the Pittsburgh Steelers on defense. I am, I am worried. I mean, I think it's as bad as it gets when it comes injury wise. Like this is the worst possible situation for the Pittsburgh Steelers to, to deal with that being said again, We'll see what happens today and moving forward. We'll have more news Wednesday, I feel like, will be the, you know, because they'll be able to practice Tuesday. So that means that Wednesday we'll have, like, a pretty good idea of whether or not they're going to play. And having the weekend, I think, helps. I think being able to report your your symptoms on Friday, enter protocol, have the weekend to do nothing, have Monday to do nothing and come back in and kind of get tested again. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you'll practice Friday, you'll get another day off, and that's where you'll try to get cleared from uh, an independent neurologist. I think definitely works in their favor. But again, something to monitor because significant loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. Let's jump to next topic of conversation here. Jaden Daniels, Justin Fields, those are the big names surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Uh, Emery Hunt of CBS Sports named both of them as potential landing spots are, are as Pittsburgh Steelers potential next quarterback along with a few other names, but those were her, his top guesses. Those were his, if I had to make a prediction of who the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take or make a move for this offseason to land a quarterback, it's going to be Daniels or it's going to be Fields. Let's start with the Heisman Trophy winner. Jaden Daniels goes into the weekend. First off, were you surprised that Daniels won the the Heisman? Because your boy Michael Penix was right there, and I thought he was going to pull it off. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was his. I I had hoped it was his, but I mean, you look at Daniels' stats. Like he, I think he like threw yeah. for four thousand yards and rushed for another thousand. He had like fifty something touchdowns to like four interceptions. Like I think the stats are pretty undeniable. And even though I love my my dude Michael Penix, I think I think they got the right. I think they got it right. I think they they chose the right guy. Yeah, yeah. And now he uh he could be headed to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kirk Her- Kirk Herbstreet, excuse me. I'm not, I'm having a tough time with words. <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet said, I don't know, a couple weeks back that Daniels is going to be the steal of the first round. Now people are saying maybe that steal goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're the college football guy. You've watched college football all season. You're into college football probably probably pretty much or are pretty hefty more than I am. You look at Jane Daniels. This is a dude who's NFL ready, who could play in the NFL. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're taking a shot on this guy and feeling confident in that selection in the first round. Yeah, I think he can absolutely play in the NFL. Um, I think he's got the arm. He's got the athleticism. He's probably got to put a few more pounds on if he's going to run the way yeah. that he did in college. And like, if you watched an LSU game, like some of the hits that he took were were unbelievable. That guy had no regard for his own safety at all. Um, That's good. But if he's, you know, 
he's going to be that small, he's going to have to either play a little bit differently or, you know, put on some weight if he's going to, if he's going to run like that. Um, but he's got all the physical tools. Um, he's done it, you know, at the highest level of college ball and done it at, you know, with incredible production as well. Um, as far as this like fit with the Steelers, I mean, I, I think as far as like pure talent and, uh, you know, athleticism and everything like that, he's probably an upgrade over, over what Kenny was as a prospect. Um, he seems a little. It seems like a little bit of a dicey proposition picking him in the first round. Um, I I don't. Okay. I haven't seen many people call him a first rounder yet. Uh, like I, I think everything leading up to at least the Heisman ceremony was was certainly not first round. Maybe you know maybe second at the highest. Um, so I think that just just using that kind of draft capital on a guy like Daniels is, seems a little iffy to me for the Steelers just because I feel like they also have a ton of issues that are kind of more glaring, you know, like they need linebackers. They need, uh, they probably need another corner. They need some offensive linemen. Like there are, I feel like bigger needs for this team right now than a quarterback, but I don't know. It it seems like the type of thing where you could pick them. It's, it's boomer bust, you know, like it's big time. This is either going to be the greatest move that this franchise has ever made, or it's going to really go down in flames and you're going to end up, having wasted a, a first round pick on a guy who, who doesn't end up playing for you or just get shoved down the depth chart doesn't work out. I mean, that that's my biggest concern is just that there are, there's a wide range of outcomes and I feel like it's going to fall on, on an extreme end of the spectrum. So it, it's really just doesn't feel like a sure thing, which worries me. Where, where would you put Kenny Pickett in this year's draft? What round you going, you going deep? Yeah. I mean, look like, Kenny was definitely good enough to be a first rounder. I felt like the year he was drafted, but it was a pretty yeah, weak yeah. quarterback comparative class comparatively. And this year it's really, really deep with quarterbacks. I feel like yeah. uh, just up and down. So he's definitely getting pushed out of the first round. I feel like this year. Yeah. And it's, it's a little hard to see Cause like Michael Penix is a second rounder at best this year, I think is mm-hmm. what I've generally kind of seen. Uh, so I don't know. You just you just put that as the benchmark, and it's hard to imagine Kenny going before the third round in in a year like. Would this. Would you put him before Daniels? No, I don't. I don't think so. So you're like it, it's and like that's okay because I, I I think I agree. Like Kenny was in a good draft, a third, fourth round pick, which is I mean you got potential there, but not. I mean, not you're not a first round pick in in a good NFL quarterback draft, and I think that's. I mean, that's that's good. But I also, you know, you said it you said it yourself. The Steelers have so many other needs where I think that this year's draft in a situation like that with Daniels or even Penix or whoever, it's a good place to be where you don't have to put all this pressure to draft somebody in the first round. You could take, you know, an offensive tackle or a center or another corner or whatever and kind of bulk a different part of your team improve them and then surround your quarterback with more talent while also getting a quarterback maybe deeper in the draft that doesn't necessarily have to have the pressure to come in here and start because you do have Kenny Pickett who's a first round pick but might have more talent and more upside and a higher ceiling than what Kenny Pickett has right now I mean are you are you putting you putting Daniels like what round where, where are you putting if you were if you were looking at Daniels if you were an evaluator like if you if you had the draft board in front of you, you didn't have to worry about where quarterbacks are going. What round are you feeling comfortable taking a guy like Daniels in? 
This, I mean, the second, like when I say he's not a first rounder, like I feel like it's he's not far off of there. The second, the third yeah. would be definitely a steal. I just, I, I don't like. There are just a lot of quarterbacks I feel like that are a little bit more pro ready than than Daniels. Like he's got some nice tools, but I feel like he's, I mean, as someone who hasn't you know broken down his LSU tape extensively, like I still think he's got, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, ways to go as a decision maker, and and like I said, he's got to put on some weight too, so. Yeah, this this second rounder like feels about right. I mean, like if he's there, at, I forget which pick the Steelers would have right now, like uh, the twenty second, twenty third, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but in the second in the second round, like because if he's there at that at that second pick in the second round, like I'd I'd be very tempted to pull the trigger. Like it's yeah, make a move right because you you know you already kind of cement one of your biggest needs in the first round. You can take care of that business, whatever it is, uh, whatever it ends up being that you want. Probably an offensive lineman, but then you can kind of take a risk on a luxury pick like Daniels, or maybe even like trade up, trade some of these picks like a massa, you know, pull together another second round pick just to give you some insurance. But yeah, I mean that that's a range that I would feel absolutely comfortable taking a little bit of a, a little bit of a shot on a guy like Daniels with. So the other option there is Justin Fields, who has had, you know, a, a definitely a very up and down career in the NFL, has struggled, has never found much success actually winning games. But I think the thing with him is he's just loaded with talent. There's so much talent in who Justin Fields is. He just hasn't been able to put it together. And I have, I mean, every group chat I'm in when it comes to just like buddies and other writers and whoever is just the general consensus is well, the Chicago Bears are pretty bad, and maybe that's the reason that Justin Fields has also found himself being bad in moments. If he's on the trading block, which very much well could be the case. Like, I, I don't I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but if I'm the Chicago Bears, even if Justin Fields is the dude, he's got one year left on his rookie deal. You have an opportunity to draft a guy like Caleb Williams or a guy like Drake May or whoever with that first pick in the draft, plus you have another pick in the first round to use on like a real first round draft pick. If that's the case, I mean, I I don't think I'm holding on to the guy that only has one year left on his rookie deal. I think I'm looking at the situation and saying I could do a lot more with a less expensive quarterback over the five, over the next five years than having to worry about re-sign Justin Fields. If he's on the trading block, if this is if this is where he he is for the Pittsburgh Steelers, are you making a move? Are you comfortable if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers making a move? What's the what's the what's the price range you're going for here? Because I I have a number in mind. I have a I have a pick in mind that I'm giving up if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers that I think is pretty realistic. I want to know if I want to see if you uh, if you match that pick. Yeah, I actually. I'm a big Justin Fields guy, um, and I think in, I want to say say yeah in and I think. You kind of hit it spot on. Like in a much better system, I feel like we have a much different opinion of Justin Fields. With with it being said, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now are not a much better situation. Much more talent, equally as bad coaching. I sure, sure, but I still think like overall organizationally, yes, they're not cursed. I will say that. Well, yeah, but I also, I mean, I think the the better talent thing is is pretty significant. Yes. Um, that, so I, I really don't want to say that I'd, I'd give up a first round pick to to get Justin Fields, but I feel like that's what it would take. You know, it would take yeah. a first round pick and probably more. And I'm I'm pretty willing and to more. say that I would I would give up a first round pick and a little a little bit of filler for for Justin Fields. I just think he 
he has that much potential. And I feel like he, I don't know. He just shows you flashes that I'm like, if they, if, if he can get put in an offense that has any idea what it's doing, any idea how to use the talent that it has, this is, this is a guy that we could be talking about as a pro bowler, as an all pro guy. Like I, I agree. I just see that type of talent there and, you give him a defense to work with as well, and and you're in great shape too. I mean, I think the only hiccup is you're forced to make a quick decision on whether or not to extend him with one year left on his deal. So if you get him this offseason, it's it's a little tenuous. Like he could have one good year, but you never really know. Like just how could you pick is- up his fifth year option this year? If you uh, if you get him in the offseason, you could still as long as you do it before the deadline, right? That's the I'm not well, I forget what year he was drafted in. I don't uh if he's got one year left in his oh heading in yeah, because Najee would be the same way. Oh, they yeah. have to pick up his option before so you might have to, but that's still that second year is expensive. That's not a Right. Right. And I would not just, a, that would the only thing I would get hung up on is just having to make yeah. a real quick decision about your future. I mean, I guess if it's a one year, if it's a one year deal, you don't have to, or if it's a one year extension, you don't really have to attach yourself to this guy forever. But it's still, just money that you wouldn't want to pay for a guy who, I mean, like just like you bring him in this off season, he has a great twenty twenty four, and then like even then, do you trust that as kind of okay? Well, we can rock with this guy for for years to come. Uh, like I don't know. I, I that seems a little bit of a of a dubious proposition, just not totally guaranteed. Yeah, I agree. I I think you look at him as risk, obviously, like nothing's guaranteed here. And the turnaround time does worry me. That's why my number was lower. It was actually, and like, maybe I'm, I'm not realistic enough with this one, but I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers could give up a second or like would be willing to give up a second and, and more like some fillers, maybe a, a future second or I mean, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a player, maybe you're sending Najee Harris, maybe you're sending Deontay Johnson, who knows, you know, I don't know if the Chicago bears are necessarily like all on board to be like, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's take another wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think a second round pick is like where I, I just, I think it depends on who's calling, which is, which is obviously significant, but I don't know how many teams are going to be in the running for Justin Fields. Like maybe there's a couple, but I think overall, like it's going to be a team that is in contention for the playoffs, who doesn't have a young quarterback who's already succeeding. And I think a lot of those teams are kind of already filled. Like maybe the maybe the Seattle Seahawks are a team to to watch because Geno Smith is a question mark, but they already paid Geno Smith. So you're going to pay two quarterbacks like that's also you have no idea what's going on there. There aren't really like a ton of other teams that you're sitting around. Maybe the Detroit Lions our team to watch, but Chicago's not trading within the division. That's never going to happen. I just, I think that it's limited. Like the teams that are actually in the running for this guy who would, who could make a move, which could help the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you think there's any shot a second round pick and, and maybe some more gets it, gets it done. Or you think I'm way out in left field here? No, I mean, I think you make a good point. Like a second round pick in Deontay Johnson, like that'd be a pretty good, like security blanket for whatever quarterback they end up drafting with that first pick. Yeah. Like I don't hate that at all. Um, I think that could work. Uh, I just feel like the asking price is going to start at a first round pick, you know, like, yeah, yeah. they drafted this, they drafted fields. What for? I think it was like top 15 18th or something. I know it was top yeah, 15. 14th, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to want to kind of level down in that sense. I think you're going to have to, if it's a second round pick, you're going to have to give them kind of a 
you know, I hesitate to use this word, but like a first round talent, you know, in terms of player, yes. like a, a guy you could yeah, yeah. kind of reasonably line up with a first round pick. Uh, so I feel like Deontay is, is a player that falls like maybe Najee falls into that category as well. Like I think Pat Frymuth might as well. Um, like that could maybe Pat work. Might. Um, Pat might. So like, I think the Steelers would have options and then like losing just like losing those guys, like any one of those guys would be, you know, significant it's not ideal but i feel like those are yes. losses that you could maybe live with if you feel like you're getting a quarterback that you can really believe in so where are you going with this say it's a second round pick in deontay johnson say that's you know that's as good as it gets omar khan works a little bit of magic that's what he's able to pull off second round pick in deontay johnson for justin fields or Jaden daniels maybe second maybe end of the second round without giving up anything what, what direction are you going Hmm. That's a good question. I'm kind of tempted to say fields, quite honestly. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with fields. I'm a fields guy. I'm going to stick with him. Yeah. I like, I like fields. I think I'm going fields as well. Daniels, I think is less of a question mark, more NFL experience. My, my thing with fields is there's no competition. Like you're not coming in here and competing with Kenny Pickett to see if you're the best, if you're the better quarterback, you're starting day one, Kenny Pickett's your backup. It's unfortunate for Kenny Pickett. But the Pittsburgh Steel, like Justin Fields is a guy that like, you know, you said pro bowler. I think I really, truly think that people who like dissect NFL film, watch this guy and say, if he was on a really good team, like he might, he might, they might be a contender. Like they might be able to bring him somewhere. And the Steelers have way more that they need outside of a quarterback to make things, you know, actually happen. But you're not shooting for, well, in two years, Jaden Daniels is good enough to lead this team to a Super Bowl. You know, you're shooting for in 2024, we got to win a damn Super Bowl because TJ Watts running out of time. Cam Hayward's on the last leg of his career. Minka Fitzpatrick's running out. Like, are we going to waste the prime? I think if you get him, and, and then that's the thing is like in two years, especially if you get rid of Deontay Johnson, by the time Justin Fields' contract is up, you got options to like just pay your quarterback and then have a bunch of other guys that aren't taken up all of your cap space. You go win a Super Bowl, Cam Hayward's walking out in glory. You don't got to worry about his massive contract anymore. And I know that that's a significant loss, but hopefully you did enough with Keanu Benton at that point to kind of replace him. I think it, it makes uh it makes a lot of sense. I think I I think I'm going uh I think I'm going Justin Fields as well. You going uh you going Justin Fields or Michael Penix? Who? Yeah, Justin Fields. <laughs> I am too. I am too. I think at that point you just you just got it. And I think Justin Fields is young. Like I have his oh yeah. His age here. He's only twenty four, he'll be twenty-five by the start of next season. Like I mean, Kenny Pickett's twenty-five now. So right. same uh same age. You you're you got a young quarterback that you could do a lot with with George Pickens, with Pat Fryermuth, with I mean Calvin Austin is still Calvin Austin, but I mean you could go into the draft. It's a deep wide receiver class too. You yeah. could go get some wide receivers in this year's draft. You could have a very young offense and and be and be just fine like you know i think that that's a that's a good move we'll see what happens with the pittsburgh Steelers, but very interesting names to watch as they head into the offseason all right next thing i want to talk about here ray fittipaldo insider for the pittsburgh post gazette said over the weekend during an appearance on 93 7 the fan that there's a 50 50 shot that the pittsburgh steelers move on from mike tomlin this season made the uh you know, made the assumption that it is the last year of his deal next year. 
I didn't necessarily, I thought it was two years from now, but it's, it's next year, which he says, if you're going to, if you're going to look at this one of two ways, you're either going to extend him this off season or let him go. He says, quote, 50% chance. But I mean, here, let's go through this because I was thinking about this this morning. We'll know pretty soon after the season ends what direction Art Rooney II is going to go here because if he does does nothing and he brings him back for another year, you have to extend him. There's no reason to be, bring him back in 2024 as a lame duck head coach. You're going to be able to go out and get a good offensive coordinator when the head coach is on a one-year deal, basically. Pretty much saying you're not going to be able to do that so they're either going to extend him or they're going to move on I think Art Rooney is at a crossroads here I mean 50 50 shot 50 percent chance the fit Pittsburgh Steelers move on this offseason that uh, did you hear that your thoughts you believe it you think you know you do you believe it that's just cut and dry uh well I mean 50 50 was a higher chance than uh, of him getting fired than than I would have put it at you know even going yeah. into this weekend and, and even after that Patriots loss, but it makes sense. I mean, look, if you're, if you're not going to extend him, I think Ray makes a good point. Like why keep him around? You know, like the, it's just not, it's just not worth it at that point. If you don't really believe in him enough to give him a contract extension and see him as the guy yep. moving forward, then it doesn't really make sense to keep him around for much longer. Um, Don't, don't kind of waste your time. Don't drag your feet. Just get right into the nitty gritty of it and go and go find your new coach, go find someone that you actually believe in and, and let him start building what you want him to build, what he thinks he can build uh, with this team as soon as possible. Get it going right away. Let him build relationships with like we just talked about. This is a pretty young team still and in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So let him build those relationships, let him get those connections and don't, don't waste time on someone that you don't believe in. I think is that, I, I think that's the the biggest thing, like whether or not, you you decide if you're Art Rooney whether or not you decide to to fire Mike Tomlin or keep him. I'd say make that decision sooner rather than later. Don't don't kind of drag your feet. Don't don't let Tomlin be a lame duck like Ray said. Yep. Yeah i I agree with the circumstance like where they where they sit as in it's it's a one year deal. You got decisions to make. You're either going to bring in a new offensive coordinator and a new head coach at the same time, or you're going to get somebody that Tomlin likes and that fits with Tomlin. I think that's where I stand here is that's where the decision gets made. If Mike Tomlin's sitting around and the, the list of candidates that he brings to you at the end of the season is just awful. And you can know, like, you'll know, you know, like nobody came, no, nobody walked in the office with Matt Canada and people were like, Oh my God, look at that guy. You know, nobody was that excited about that situation. If Mike Tomlin does the same thing where he brings in a bunch of, a, a list of names of guys that are just unproven in this league in every facet. Like it, there's a difference between like, Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles running game coordinator or the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback coach, or the, you know, anybody from the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff and like some random dude off the streets, like Mike, like Matt Canada was, or, you know, if that's the situation or if it's some guy that he worked with, way back in the day in some coaching, you know, some college coaching experience that he had. If that's the list of candidates you're getting, then I'm having the conversation with Mike of, hey, look it. I just don't think that the direction we're trying to head is the same direction you're trying to head. At that point, I think you this is a this is a divorce. This is time to to move on and find different grounds and you you take that list of candidates with you and you have a good time somewhere else. 
if he comes in here and he just says, look at, look at, let's game plan this together. Let's find the best offensive coordinator we could possibly get. I think at that point, I'm like, okay, look at like, I, maybe Mike Tomlin isn't the guy, but maybe this new offensive coordinator brings us something that, you know, we really enjoy and, and that, that has some serious upside. Cause I think that's it. Like, I think if Mike Tomlin could just be Mike Tomlin and just motivate his guys and get everybody on the same page and whatever, and you just take everything else out of his hands. He's still a great head coach, but he just, you got to be able to take everything out of his hands. And he doesn't put the coaches around him that allow him to do that or allow that to happen. And I think Art Rooney, that's where the crossroads is. It's not like, oh, Mike Tomlin's a bad coach. It's, is Mike going to actually do something this offseason to improve this team? If he is, okay, cool. Let's keep it going. There's no reason to give up on him. If he's not, and the signs are there that nothing's going to change, I think it. I think it is time to move on. But fit, I agree with you. Fifty percent is is higher than what I would have put it. But his explanation of it, you know, does make it does make a decent bit of sense. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's. I think you make a good point about like, is this going to stay kind of the is the same stale product that we've kind of seen? You know, like how yeah, willing for a long is long time. Yeah. How willing is Mike Tomlin to change, to adapt, to maybe rethink what he's doing in the face of some results that aren't exactly living up to the standard? And I think that will kind of inform whether or not because because when I said you know when I said you know don't don't drag your feet with this that that kind of includes Tomlin like unless Tomlin's kind of willing to change with you and move forward with you then then he's not your guy you know if he wants to stick to his guns and and believe that those are winning ways, that's fine. But I mean, clearly those, those winning ways or those, those beliefs that he has, those philosophies aren't getting results here in Pittsburgh right now. So you got to be able to tell him, you got to have kind of the, the confidence and the, um, and the, uh, yeah, just confidence and, and self-assuredness to say, okay, well then you're just not right for us right now. And, and we can live with you going somewhere else, even if you have some success there, because what's going on right here right now isn't working. You think the Chicago Bears are taking Mike Tomlin and that's it straight up for Justin Fields? That's interesting. That is really that is interesting. I don't know. But that I'd straight up they'd have to think. What do you about think it. Mike Tomlin's worth? It's gotta be a first round pick, right? Like you're not giving up Mike Tomlin for anything less than a first round pick. And even if Pittsburgh Steelers fans have seen the worst of Mike Tomlin, the Chicago Bears look at Mike Tomlin as a god, you know? Like and, and any team who has struggled for the last ten years. Look at Mike Tomlin and go. It'd be really nice to have some winning records around here. That'd be right. That'd be phenomenal. Yeah, it's so funny. Kind of, it's really funny, kind of the difference between like the national impression, uh, like the impression outside of Pittsburgh of Mike Tomlin versus the one inside. Like, not saying any one yeah. is is more right than the other, but like it's just funny to see how completely detached those two those two impressions of him are. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think if you called the Chicago Bears tomorrow and said, "Hey," At the end of the season, we'll give you Mike Tomlin. Even if they lost every game from here on out, the Steelers could go winless and finish with Mike Tomlin's first losing record. You call him the day after the season and go, hey, we'll give you Mike Tomlin for Justin Fields straight up. They, I don't even think they'd, I don't even think they'd say yes. They'd, the papers would be faxed to the NFL before they were even able to agree on a deal. That's how quickly I think Mike Tomlin could get dealt in the NFL, which brings up a bunch of questions, but we'll talk about that that later over the weekend last thing i want to talk about over the weekend pittsburgh steelers found themselves in eighth place in the afc begging for a shot to get back in there everything looked dark there was no light at the end of the tunnel this season was over by the end of sunday 
They climbed themselves back into sixth place. They watched the Indianapolis Colts fall. They watched the Houston Texans fall and potentially lose their quarterback short term. They currently sit sixth. We didn't answer this question on Friday because this is a Monday question. And I knew that the weekend was going to, to bring a different mindset. Let things calm down. Now that everything has settled, the dust has settled, they enter a pivotal week against the Indianapolis Colts. Where do you stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't really think I stand any, anywhere different. I mean, I, I feel the same way that I did after the Patriots game. I mean, even though they've moved up in the playoff position, I don't see them winning games down the stretch. I mean, I think they win maybe one more at the most. Yeah. I'm just not optimistic about what they're going to be able to do. I mean, Seattle, you know, been up and down, but I still think is kind of the more, maybe the more talent, maybe not the more talented team, but they're playing better football right now. Uh, yep. I mean, the Bengals have kind of found their footing with, with Jake Browning. Um, and then the Ravens are the Ravens. And the only really chance, I, I great chance that I feel like they have for a win is Indianapolis this weekend. And even that is iffy, you know, that's a, that's a team yep. that's like really been able to figure some things out despite a bunch of injuries and, and losing some guys. Like I just don't really see how the Steelers stack enough wins down the stretch to, to put themselves in a playoff position. It just doesn't, I don't know. Maybe they do. I, I th certainly think they have the talent to and the potential to, but it just doesn't seem likely right now at all. So um, I'm not optimistic on, on their playoff chances. I think they're going to kind of honestly fall well short and not just sort of short like they did last year. It's going to be, by a little bit of a more significant margin, I, I just see them kind of limping to the finish, quite honestly, because they haven't really given me any reason to think otherwise. Yep, I agree. You look at the playoff picture. The Indianapolis Colts don't worry me. I just don't think that they're a threat right now. I think they're like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They found ways to win. Good for them. The end of the season is about who's hot right now, who's winning right now, who has put it together. You know, that's the difference. It doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. The Pittsburgh Steelers started terribly. They're going to finish possibly worse somehow. And that's just the position that they've put themselves in. They haven't, just like you said, they haven't done anything all season long to change the narrative of I'm worried that this team can't beat good teams. They did nothing. If anything, they've fallen backwards. And now I'm less confident that they could pull off wins against teams like the Cincinnati Bengals or the Seahawks or the Ravens or even the Colts. But again, the Colts don't worry me. It's the Denver Broncos, the Buffalo Bills, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are the three teams that are hottest in the NFL, are in the AFC right now, that are marching their way into playoff spots. And they have three teams or two teams in front of them because I think the Browns are also good right now. The Indianapolis Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers who are very beatable. And down the stretch... Those teams that are hot right now, those teams that are going to win, those teams that are going to fight their way into, you know, they'll go 4-0 and in this last stretch because that's what they need to do. The Pittsburgh Steelers aren't going to hold up and be able to outwin those guys in these games. If they won those two games, if they beat the Arizona Cardinals and they beat the New England Patriots, they set themselves up to go into the next four stretch and just win two games. Like, that's all you got to do is win. It doesn't matter how you do it. But even then, like, your stance on them is like, okay, cool, they get in and then they get smoked somewhere not going to happen right now I stand there and say it would it would surprise me more if they won two games in this last four than it would if they lost all four of them that's where I currently stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers 
And I think that the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Buffalo Bills are just too hot. They got too much talent. And and they're just too they're too motivated right now. And that's the big like the Steelers just don't look like they care. They look like the season's over. They look like they won seven games and that's great, but the season hasn't gone as they hoped. And you know, it kind of feels like a lot of them realized that the Super Bowl isn't a real possibility and that they've already packed it in and, and they're waiting for next year. That's where I stand. Don't think it's possible. I think that the end of the season is gonna get uh is gonna get worse before it gets better. But there'll be plenty of conversations that come with that, especially around the head coach, especially around the quarterback and the offensive coordinator and pretty much every other position for this team. But if I had to guess, you know, I've already texted my dad. Me and my dad were joking yesterday. He's a big Denver Broncos fan. And he called me, busted me, and he goes, so uh, we gonna go to, uh, we're going to go to Denver when they sneak their way <laughs> into the playoffs here and Pittsburgh's on the outside? And I'm like, yeah, probably. Probably that's just uh, that's where they sit currently. The NFL, these last four stretches, they set themselves up terribly. I don't think they pull off a win. Stinks. We've come a long way. We've drowned pretty heavily in in two and a half weeks. Right. From I would love to pull that up and just be like it just be like, ah, they they could do it, man. This could be this is this is the difference. I mean, shoot, going back three months to when we first did the did this where we stand thing or even where we stood going into week one. I think we did. We did one before that. And and we were. We were pretty wrong. We were pretty wrong. Even if these guys make the playoffs, we were we were pretty yes. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's where they stand. They did it to themselves, and nothing we could do about it. We just sit here and talk about it. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. And as always, find all of our work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at InsideThePanthers.com. It might be snowy. The Steelers might be losing, but it's a new week in the Berg, so let's try to enjoy it. With that said, enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.